Hey everybody, <laughs> I got confused on the buttons. I have an interesting show for you today. We are going to discuss why remaining calm is so important when you're dealing with a high conflict, toxic, narcissistic person. This has been coming up a lot lately. In, uh, hold on, I'm getting all tangled up in my cords. It's coming up a lot lately in some of my coaching calls and stuff. And as a result of that, I figured it's probably a timely, timely topic that we shall hit. If you're new to the show, I'm Dwayne. I'm not a therapist, nor am I an attorney. I'm an individual much like you who's gone through a rough time, rough experience, developed some tips and techniques that I use to... Uh, get my life back that I share with you to help you do the same. <clears throat> Try to ensure that you don't take the bait and uh, fall for the narcissistic traps and all that kind of good stuff. Let me get my, my stuff all configured here. I'm, I'm making mistakes. Remember, only a licensed professional can diagnose somebody with a personality disorder, so be really careful going around telling people that you figured them out you basically squander your credibility, and that is the critical thing when going through this. And we'll actually talk more about that during today's show. Uh, if you like what's going on here and you want to support the channel, you can do that by becoming a channel member. Just scroll down, hit the join button, and when you do, you get special badges, custom emojis, your name listed in the credits, access to member-only events, and a member-only Discord area. If you want to get notified via text message, when I go live or produce a show, you can text DSD Live, all one word, to 844-598-0012. It's also scrolling down at the bottom. And the phone lines will be open today. You can dial in by dialing 144-373-5483 or 144-DSD-LIVE. Anyways, hopefully you guys are doing well today trying to get all my stuff all configured and, and set up because uh, I've just been out of it lately. So hopefully you are doing outstanding. Oh, I forgot to turn on the thing so I can see the chat. Well, that was just uh, not a smart move on my part. So hopefully you guys are having a, a great Saturday. I wasn't here yesterday. Uh, uh, the morning shows have been a little more complicated to... Uh, to do and the impact has been a little harder than I anticipated. And uh, I also have been moving my podcast over to a new provider. I'm actually moved it over to anchor from Sim uh, simple, simple cast. So dealing with, with that as well. So let me get over here to uh, what I wanted to, to, to talk about. And, all right, so here's the thing. <clears throat> Remaining calm is super, super duper <laughs> important when you're dealing with a toxic, narcissistic person. And the crazy part is, is they, just by their actions, create a, a scenario where you basically start getting in this emotional dysregulation effect. Now, a lot of times they talk about emotional dysregulation as being a part of, let me get back over to this, being a part of the uh, borderline characteristics of the personality disorder. Let me go back one more. The cluster B 
out of the Diagnostics and Statistical Manual number five covers antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and narcissistic personality disorder. And in borderline, I mean, borderlines are really tough, but they, they kind of live in that emotional dysregulated state. <clears throat> but they can cause you to basically fall into that where you have mood swings, you're feeling overpowered, overwhelmed, are feeling overwhelmed and overpowered by your emotions, depression, anxiety, strong emotional reactions to things. Now, in the comment that I that I pulled up, it uh, it was talking about this being a typical of borderline personality disorder, but the the issue of this is like in this last one, the strong emotional reactions don't affect others the same way. Now, I think any of us going through this, whenever your whole life is, is hanging in the balance, uh, great, um, horrible timing. My, my youngest is having some problems with her vehicle, but anyways, let me get through this. And so it's, I think it's, it's only common to basically, you start freaking out over scenarios like this. Whenever you're like, oh my God, you know, they've, they've, they're, they're making up these stories and people are believing it. And the outcome can be that uh, I'm going to lose everything. And, and, and I, my whole life is going to get turned upside down. It is very easy to get caught up in that catastrophic way of thinking. And, and it just, it's, it's like a feedback loop. You just start spiraling out of control. Things get worse and worse and worse. And as a result of that, your ang- oh, going back over to this, your anxiety level goes up. Depression starts coming in. You're, you're feeling completely overwhelmed. You are basically spiraling out of control. You have to be really cautious and aware of that recognize when that's happening so you can slow yourself down and try to get back control over your emotions. And one of the things that I've noticed often, not all the time, but probably in maybe 60 to 70% of the people I speak to, when I deep dive into their scenario and I start asking questions, it's they're doing better than they think, but they are so fixated. You get so fixated on everything going wrong that you don't see the positive or the, or the little indicators that are telling you that things are on track. Now, you, I, just to be clear, I struggled with this myself. Let me see if I can pull up uh, some of my resources. I had a problem with this. Absolutely. I, I, completely fell into that catastrophic thinking. So I, I really feel for people whenever I'm talking to them and they're telling me this <clears throat> and I'm like, oh my God, I completely remember going through that. I remember feeling all was lost and that, that uh, the allegations and the stories that were being thrown out, they were going to be believed and no one's going to believe me and they're going to they're gonna not see through this. And my attorney would try to tell me certain things saying, hey, you know, trying to tell me to calm down. Uh, even when we went through the custody evaluation, there was some positive information there that uh, was was uh, was um, 
sorry about that. I'm getting distracted by com other comments. Um, and I, I didn't see it, right? I was so convinced like, oh my God, everything is in the balance and what if I lose? And then I started visualizing that loss and I started emotionally feeling that, which added to my anxiety, which added to my stress, which added to the mistakes I would make and just make things worth worse. Kevin says, uh, DSD emotional dysregulation is a common symptom of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it'll get, see, here's the other problem is when you get into that mode, remember how I was saying that this is a trait that's typically with borderline personality disorder. A lot of times if the person isn't really, if you're dealing with someone who's doing an evaluation and they are not well-versed in this, they can go, man, this person has got a problem. They're probably borderline. So it's really important to work on things to help you get your life back on track. Okay. What I did for myself, I was, you know, obviously going through, through therapy, but when I was really having problems and I was spiraling out of control, this hypnosis download stuff was key for me. It was, it, it was just, it, you know, it, it helped a lot. I don't necessarily, I actually, I don't use these anymore, but I do listen to meditation music. I'll tell you every, <clears throat> excuse me, let me see if I can, I'll do it this way. Every, uh, every day I do, hold on. I do, oh, I'm, oh, I didn't know I could do that by, by uh, window. Oh, that isn't working. Why is that not working? Huh. That is so weird. There we go. That was bizarre. I was having, having a computer issue. So what I do is I go to uh, my browser if I'm on a computer and I go meditation music for this one. That even, I mean, I do it so much it pops up. And then I come over here. And then I just pick a video that, uh, uh, oh, that didn't pop up right. So YouTube, meditation, and now it should pop up like this. And then I just pick something and you'll see that these, and I'm not gonna play any because I don't wanna get any copyright problem. Um, a lot of these are just like really long. You can see some of them I've already played. And uh, it's just, and I do that to try to keep my emotional state calm. If I feel myself getting spun out of control, even now, I will do that and just kind of calm myself down, slow my breathing down, really think about it to get back under control because it's so easy to allow yourself to just basically spiral. And when that happens, you don't think clearly. You don't make good decisions. You start freaking yourself out. And that is a surefire way to uh, hurt your health and to potentially give a narcissistic toxic adversary an advantage against you because you're not thinking straight and you're taking the bait. Now, is there a possibility that they're going to knock one out of the park? Sure. It's possible. I mean, it's a, it's a real potential. But I think what happens is, is whenever you allow yourself to get so spun out of control, it makes it happen. I've seen the best success with people 
when they're able to calm themselves down and then they present better. And then typically in that scenario, geez, hold on, even my, okay. I can't, I'm even getting work text. This is, I picked a weird time to, to do a live stream. I think I got to turn this off and then make sure I'm on uh, do not disturb. So this stuff stops coming up. Sorry about that. But uh, anyway, so people listen to this in replay. I apologize for the, uh, for the distractions. That's not what I anticipated was going to happen. Shane says the beginning is really tough. It feels like a bad nightmare. <clears throat> and that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I can remember back in the day, I was so convinced that I was going to lose this. I hadn't given up, right? I mean, I was still fighting. But I started saying, okay, I got to emotionally get ready for losing custody, the kids and everybody moving out of state, and basically losing access or losing the ability to be a parent, potentially losing any ability to have any money for the next 10 years. And... I, you know, and, and trying to acclimate myself to that position. Now, prior to that, I wasn't acclimating myself to it. I was freaking out about it and having a really tough time visualizing that type of scenario. <clears throat> it's, uh, oh, Shane says, that's my sister. I'm not sure what you mean by that. on does it anyway hold on let's see if I can grab this real quick the mom doesn't uh, Ted says the mom doesn't know how to get our 13 year old out of the out of the bed on a Saturday morning it at noon the kid wants donuts for breakfast um, you know what man I, if it's in your house and you guys aren't separated that's one thing but once you're, once it's a completely different thing, what they do, you, you, that's why that black hole thinking is so important. And I'll pull this up over here. So if you go to my main page, you scroll down to my mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery. This video right here, me wearing the white shirt with no beard and lighting's not so great and all that kind of stuff. But that video, it's really important because once you're, once the houses are separated, they can do whatever they want. Is it right? No. Should it happen? No. Is it, can you do anything about it? Nope. You know, if you want to one or two times to say, hey, pumpkin, well, you wouldn't call her pumpkin anymore, but if you want to say, hey, uh, this really isn't appropriate, you know, we should try to set up a routine schedule that stays the same. Um, you could try that. That is a surefire. I'll tell you from my own personal experience and from experience of doing this channel for six years now. Uh, that's a surefire way to make sure that it absolutely will not happen and they will not do that. So be very cautious about that. And uh, uh, it's, it's one of those things where you're wasting your time. You're beating your head against the wall for no apparent reason and you're not going to accomplish anything. So I mean, that scenario typically is after it's been gone down a little bit farther. The The scenario I was talking about at the beginning of this <clears throat> is, is more of uh, when you're actually in the midst of little, little, litigation. <laughs> Let me try that one more time. In the midst of litigation and you're trying to counter what the other person is doing. Now, this has come up a lot where actually this, this is also another reoccurring 
theme that's that's been coming it comes up a lot but it's actually been lately it's been a reoccurring thing where i'm getting questions and comments and coaching calls about it and that's you know you have a success maybe you get an evaluation and it's positive to you and the ex is able to hit the reset button start over and then come up with a whole new laundry list of allegations to to try again to start start the drama back up and see if they can change people's minds. You also notice this a lot where they switch attorneys a lot. What happens is, is they don't get the answers that they want. And as a result of that, they don't get the answers or maybe the, their, their attorney is giving them the advice and they're just like, it's not worth, you know, they're like, look, this isn't going to work. I don't recommend you do this. And they find someone new and they start over. And the sad reality is, is every time they hit the reset button and they give a new person, you know, four to $8,000, depending on the area, well, that person is going to perform for their client to spend that money. Which means a lot of times when the new person comes in, you'll have a pit viper of an attorney starting over, redoing everything, and <clears throat> causing a whole pile of drama. So, anyways, I wish I had some, some music so I could actually take a pause or something, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, chat with my... Hold on one second. Anyways. Um, sorry about that. Gives me a level. Moonlight Star Gem says there needs to be a level of separation or a healthy level of detachment in space in all adult relationships. Goes on to say for protection of the individual. Well, the reality is, and that, you're, you're spot on. And the thing I would say on that is that a toxic narcissistic person is absolutely not going to do that. They will have a unhealthy level of attachment. Uh, I'm specifically talking about the kids or even in an adult relationship. It's just not, it is not, not appropriate. Let me, I want to pull this. I'm trying to I'm trying to get my slides back to the right thing. If you want to dial in today's show, the phone line should be open. 1424-373-5483. That's 1424-373-5483. If you are connecting to the show from outside of the United States or you just don't want to make a long distance call, there is a web interface that typically works. <laughs> so feel free to call in. Ted says, thanks, Dwayne. Uh, it was halfway funny and halfway disturbing. Yeah, it's one of the, man, I, I tell you, you know, Ted, uh, I can absolutely remember those days where I'd hear about what was going on and I'm just like, I'd be just like, what? What in the world are you doing? It's just nuts. Kevin says, these People are relentless with their post-separation abuse. Well, I'm not Kevin. I'd also say they're relentless with their uh, pre-separation uh, abuse and their, you know, ongoing relationship 
emotional abuse. I guess I probably have to be careful. Probably me saying that the, the abuse word will not help things. Uh, with with YouTube, I mean, I know. So my last my last live stream, man, they flagged that thing quick. I mean, I got it manually reviewed, but um, it's YouTube does this interesting thing where they have AI that that looks at everything. They look at the imagery in the video. They look at the com- uh, not the comments, the uh, the uh, transcript, transcript, the captioning, whatever you know, all the words that are spoken. And since I'm so articulate. It accurately <laughs> reflects every word I say. Anyways, uh, Kevin says, uh, DSC, please do videos and live streams on post-separation abuse and how to deal with it. Absolutely. Actually, a lot of my videos in, on the channel and past live streams are that, but that is something that I do intend to start rolling back into the mix. Thank you so much for the recommendation, Kevin. I appreciate that. Moonlight Star says, but the slight distance and detachment creates unhealthy. Wait a minute. But the, hold on. Let me, I'm trying to read this. But the slight distance and detachment creates healthy boundaries. Let's be real. Regulating your emotions so you can be stable minded in a relationship is important. And healing us heals them. I'm assuming you mean when you say them, you mean um, our children. Yeah, absolutely. If that's what you're saying, Absolutely. Uh, healing the toxic person that probably has a personality disorder, not so much. They're on a different journey and more than likely are, are not going to let go of the chaos. In my opinion. <laughs> Kid, note to self, kids love donuts. Hey, all honesty, personally for me, I have an unhealthy obsession with chocolate donuts, with chocolate frosting, and chocolate sprinklers. Sprinkles, sprinkles, sprinklers. Uh, even though I'm a diabetic, a lot of times if there is one of those sitting there, I don't do them that often, but if like somebody brings in donuts and there's one there, <clears throat> I'm like, all right, I'm going to, uh, I, I know the consequence, I know the, co- the cost I'm going to have to pay and I know how I'm going to feel after this, but I typically will do it because, man, they are dish just delicious and delightful. Trish, Trish, I haven't seen you in a while. Say they use cold empathy to find our emotional triggers, which they set off as needed to manipulate and gaslight. We need to know our own control and control our flashpoints better than them. That comment right there is is so spot on, and I'm glad you said it because it's going to bring me back to this, and this is what I will say. These people spend the time in our relationships with them to learn our trigger points, to learn our buttons, what's important to us, what is, you know, the, the, the most damaging set of words or actions to cause the most emotional damage to us. And as a result of that, it causes us the the worst reaction. Now, here's the key point of this and to kind of dovetail with what Tricia is saying. And that is when you're able to recognize this and you know your own control 
and your flashpoints and to control your flashpoints. And you're able to not react the way that they want you to. You can actually get them to start spinning out of control and to start showing who they are and start undermining their own credibility. And that is, that is the key, folks. That is how you start to turn the tide on this is whenever in comparison, when you have the two people side by side, you know, whatever, I'll do it this way. And as a result, you know, you, like if you're, I'll say this one, if this is you and you're stable and this other person is like ah, out of control, then people start to see that that person, I pointed wrong, but that, that, that the other person is making mistakes and it's like, oh wow, something's wrong here. And you got to recognize, and especially, well, you got to recognize that, and especially you have to be open when people start telling you that, that they're seeing it to, 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 to know you're on track. Now, conversely, if you're, you know, if your ex, you think the ex is out of control and everyone is focusing on you, that means the way you're approaching this is not working. It's not working and you need to roll it, reel it back in and hit a reset and try something different. I was chatting with someone the other day about that. And I'm like, look, you're falling into the trap of what they're setting. They're setting up a narrative and your actions are, are falling in line with what they're trying to say and it's backing it up. So if you start seeing that that's happening, if you start, you know, people aren't believing you or they're looking at you like you got a fifth arm growing out of your head, you need to say, okay, you know what? I have to change my approach. I mean, every one of us has heard the, the, the analogy that, you know, if you keep trying to do the same thing and you're getting the same results, then you, why would you expect anything different? You know, if you beat your head against the wall and it doesn't make your headache go away, you have to say, huh, well, I've tried doing this and my headache's not going away, so let me try something different. Maybe I should go lay down. Maybe I should turn the lights off. Maybe I should put a cold compress on my forehead. I don't know why I see so many people who just get caught up doing the same thing over and over and over again, and they just they spiral themselves out of control. Now, I say a lot of people that I've seen on the channel have been able to effectively counter that, and as a result start seeing some successes. All right, let's see. Uh, the comments are, they're not fast today, <clears throat> but they, they are scrolling. Hey, Wise, I see you come in. Moonlight, uh, Moonlight Star Gem says, I overcame a lot in myself learning from having a narcissistic family. Knowing they could not Accuse me of being a narcissist as I have self-reflection and empathy. Yeah, that's interesting too, because a lot of times people, when you start researching this, you're like, oh crap, am I a narcissist? And the reality is, if you're worried about it, you're not. <clears throat> if you're seriously, right? See, here's the other problem with this. Is it, all, it really comes down to the individual. I mean, I don't, you, know, you don't know what's in my, my heart or my mind, the same as I don't know what's in yours. But the reality is, is if you're legitimately worried about it, like, oh crap, I don't want to be this you know, I'm worried about it. That's a good sign. You know, if you're like, oh crap, I don't want anyone to know. So I need to say these things so that they don't think I am. <laughs> That's a different story. And more than likely, you know, that the, a person like that is not going to turn around and, uh, and say that out loud. 
Anyways, entertaining myself here. Oh, if you guys want to get my attention, make sure you do at DSD in the comments if you're on a computer. Uh, you don't necessarily have to do that if you're on mobile because it won't actually highlight the name, I don't think. Mm, at least on a computer, like on Chrome, it'll give you a pop-down and you can select the person. Uh, and then put question if you have a question specifically for me. Uh, let's see, so I'm trying to go back up here. Moonlight says, I agree with what you're saying. This resonates with me as well. So, everyone uh, Kevin says, DSC, what are some of the most unhealthy copings you have used to help you deal with your life's life toughest moment? Everybody can answer the question if interested. Uh, okay, so I don't drink and I don't do drugs partly because um, because of uh, my career. That could be a problem. Uh, I have a, a history of alcoholism in the family, so that's been one of those things that's just kind of uh, been in my in my mind. <clears throat> so most unhealthy, I would say for me in the really dark days, uh, is a couple of things. One was overusing sleeping th- aids to help me, like a like a like Nyquil and what else do they have? Ni- that that whole brand has another thing for sleep. Because I couldn't sleep. I was so stressed, I, cu- I couldn't sleep. The other thing I did, which was col- a colossal mistake, is I was watching and watching movies and shows that were reinforcing the chaos and drama that was actually taking place in my life, which didn't help. So if you, you have to be very cautious especially in the dark days of this, of what you allow into your, your life, into your environment. You know, watching shows that are all about bad relationships and loss and stress and anxiety, bad idea. Watch comedies, you know, unless the comedies happen to be making fun of what you're doing and you're not laughing, you're getting triggered by it. Music, I was listening to the anger rock. Like I... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can pull it up, but, you know, I was listening to stuff that was just grating on my nerves and making my emotions worse. Now, it felt like it was helping at the time, but it was not. It was not helping. Uh, Trisha says, uh, NyQuil shooters been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a lot. of. I mean, it was it was it was a bad time. It was a bad time, you know, and then reading information about. I would also include into it surrounding yourself with people who just reinforce that your life is completely destroyed and it's never going to get any better. Uh, Just, you know, fed into my fears and my anxieties and it made things worse. I don't know if I hit this before, but I'm going to re if I did, then I'm going to do it again. But wise chat manager says we have to learn to disconnect the emotions. We really do. You know, I mean, that's why it's easier for me. Well, at this stage, right? I've been through this a lot. I don't get emotionally triggered anymore. So I can, when I'm talking to somebody, I can, I can relate to and remember how I felt during those times, but I don't feel that way anymore. So, and, I, and I'm even at the time, I mean, I'm, let me try that again. I am even at the space 
where I do that in my own world. Now there are times, you know, full disclosure, there are times where things will get on my, get on my nerves and I'll have an emotional response to it, but it all comes back really quickly. Disconnecting from your emotions or being able to see it is really important. I'm actually at the point now when stuff happens, instead of getting upset or worried, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I wonder what's going to happen next. You know, what's, uh, you know, what's, what, what does this mean? You know, I'll tell you the one thing that does get on my nerves that uh, I'm having probably a, a semi difficult time with is the housing market. I really want to be able to buy a house. I'm watching the prices skyrocket up and uh, I have another, what is it? A little over a year before the last kid drops off with child support. And, uh, you know, now I'm looking at it going, holy crap, you know, that money might be what my rent is going to, you know, it's going to go up. And unless the market completely tanks, me buying a house is, it, it just seems like it's out of the picture. And it, and it, and that does get on my, it does wear on me. I know it's not, okay. I get that that is nothing compared to what you guys are dealing with. But I'm just, what I'm saying is, is that I still have my own struggles with some of that to where I'm like, okay you know, what's the path forward. Now I, I'm probably like 50, 50 on that to where I'm okay going, all right, you know, I'm just going to trust that things are going to work out and I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to just relax and see how things play out because things typically work out, but it does, it does, it does make me slightly nervous, (laughs) slightly, slightly concerned. Uh, Defy dad says if the ex is violating the custody agreement and then gets child support for those violations, what can be done <clears throat> or with or without an attorney? I'm not the best with communicating things well. Okay. If the ex viola- is violating the custody agreement and then gets child support for those violations, um, you need to go. I'm assuming what you're saying is you're being denied visitation. So let's say hypothetically you had 50-50 and now you're only getting 80-20. And probably what your ex has done is gone to the Department of Child Support Services, not back to family court, and said, Defy Dad doesn't ever exercise visitation. He's only paying 50-50, but I have the kids 80% of the time, and he won't ever see them. And they, unfortunately, a lot of these Department of Child Support Services have the ability to create court orders, and it's a possibility that they can get your, your, your stuff changed. If that happened, dude, you have to go back to court and uh, uh, unfortunately, you would have to go back and file, uh, file or push for the contempt saying, look, the court order says I get the kids every other week, hypothetically, or whatever it is, and they won't do it. <clears throat> and then try to push that and then get the support readjusted. I don't know if that's exactly what you're talking about, but uh, that can be a problem. Let's see, you, you said something else. So let me see if I can pull that up. Uh, DSD, give the home ownership a little more time. Oh, give a little home ownership a little more time. There's a lot of macroeconomic data saying that area is going to go down. Okay. And no, it's 50-50. No, it's 50-50 custody. So give me some more information, Defy Dad. Are you saying you have 50-50, you're seeing your kid 50-50% of the time, then what exactly are you saying is the... uh, uh, where to it go? It scrolled. Um, 
Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Uh, this one where you said if the ex is violating the custody agreement and then gets child support for those violate. I don't understand what the violations are. So give me some more context if you can on that. And I'll see what I can say about it. The Y says housing market bubble has started bursting here. It has not bursted here yet. You know, every once in a while, Zillow will pop up and say price reduction. And I'm like, Ooh, maybe this is the time. And I click on it and it's like, this house has dropped from $750,000 to $700,000. Like that, uh, that, that, that doesn't help me. I tell you the really annoying thing. So on the phone with Debbie, my girlfriend yesterday, a long-term girlfriend. And I get, bing, ooh, a new email from Zillow. And I'm like, I'm looking at the address. And I'm like, hey, where is 1234, you know, my street? Because it's on her street. And she's like, uh. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's the house right next door to you. And I'm like, that'd be perfect. Her house is really too small. I mean, if we had two houses right next to each other, it'd be perfect. And I could, in, <laughs> this is the frustrating part. A year and a half from now, and you know, when the child support drops, I could afford it. But that house is probably going to be sold by this week, would be my guess. So if anyone wants to throw down $300,000 to your Good old pal DSD Dwayne. <laughs> follow, follow the donate button in the chat. <laughs> I'm I'm joking, but uh, it's just it's like one of those things where I'm just like, really, really, you know. And the people who just I mean, it just spent the last year redoing the house. House looks great, backyard's great, you know. Unfortunately, it's in an area that doesn't have air conditioning, so I'd have to add that. But it's like, God darn it. Just frustrating. But you know what, guys? Here, Let me just back up for a second. Let me, let me say something on this, okay? You know, six, seven years ago, well, I guess I've been doing the channel six years, so like eight years ago, I would have been angry. I was going to say a different word. I would have been angry. And I, I'm not angry, and I mean really angry. I mean like, like argh, you know? Be like, Dwayne mad, you know, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me if you're ang when I'm angry. You know, the old Bill Bixby, uh, Incredible Hulk TV show days. Now I can kind of joke about it. I mean, it's frustrating, but it doesn't, it doesn't ruin my mood, right? I'm not going to be all angry for the rest of the day and have it mess with my emotions because it's like, I, I'm, I'm so tired of chaos and being upset that I just don't care. I, it's, I care, but I don't. I don't want that in my life, right? And that's a very empowering thing. Uh, you know, it's a very empowering thing. All right, so I'm looking, trying to... Oh, Ted. Dwayne, I appreciate what you said recently about letting the children speak their point of view and just listening. Guys, that is so freaking critical. And just let me to dive into this in case anyone else doesn't really know what we're talking about. When the kids are in the when alienation is going on, a lot of times what will happen is, is your little, your little beautiful child, you know, 
which you'll probably feel at the time like the spawn of Satan, is going to come up to you and go, boop, right in your eye. And you are going to want to explain to them why the situation has happened. For the love of God, do not do that. If they're going to sit there and they're going to tell you why they're mad at you, Daddy, I'm mad at you because you did this, this, and this, and this and this is going on. And you know that the reason it's happening is because the ex has done certain things and, you know, you've been raked through the family court. Don't undermine, don't, don't discount what they're saying. Don't devalue what they're saying or their, their thought by trying to make excuses because it's going to just send everything in a defensive mode. If you can sit there and listen, and if they can feel like you are actually listening to them, it will pay so much dividends. Now, I'm not saying that, that everything is going to be hunky-dory that day, but you'll start to set the stage that, that they'll see that things are a little bit different. It is really, really important that you do that. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, dude, I, darn, I, uh, I unmuted when I did that. I apologize. Uh, Defy Dad says, 50-50, this is going back to his other comment, 50-50 joint custody, legal and physical Pulling kids and sign pulling kids and signs up for childcare. I don't use the childcare, but have to pay for it with child support. X isn't allowed to change without mutual agreement. Pulling the pulling the kids and signs up for childcare. Okay, so here's the thing. If I'm reading this correctly, because I kind of can relate to this, because what I had I'm trying to remember. Let me just say this. If you are paying $1,000 a month in child support and the kids, you know, and then she signs them up for daycare and let's say you're week on, week off and she has to pay for, for it and you're still paying $1,000 a month and it hasn't changed, then it's no change to you. Now, if, however, she signs them up for childcare and she goes back to court and says, oh, I have these, these expenses then and they turn around they go okay well it's you know the child care is five hundred dollars a month so you know we're gonna increase child support or we're gonna make an offset which effectively gives her two hundred fifty dollars more a month in child support uh that unfortunately is incredibly common and typically what happens in that is they will do that they will pull them out of out of the the child care and then by the time you take them back to court they'll put them back in and you spend a lot more money on court and everything like that um the reality is is what I would say on that defy dad, <clears throat> depending, you have to pick your battles and more than likely, all you're going to do is you're going to beat your head against the wall. Now, let me know if, if her doing that has changed the amount of money you're paying or if it's the, the, uh, the, the same. I remember when I put, and I, and I, okay, full disclosure, when I understood what the numbers meant, um, I made damn sure that I got the cost for the child care and I had my attorney included in there and the thousand dollars a month I was paying in child care or whatever the hell it was. It was some ungodly amount. I got some relief in the child support as a result of that. So, uh, you know, I mean, so technically I kind of did and she didn't use it. I mean, I remember at one point having a conversation with her, uh, you know, or whenever I still would talk to her before she walked away from the house and uh she and I said hey you know 
something about a job and she's like, Oh, I, I can't work. You know, my, I mean, my, my, uh, you know, I have kids. I'm a full-time, full-time parent. I, I can't work. I, I, I can't put my kids in daycare. And I'm thinking, uh, they're already in it. I'm already paying for it, you know? So, but that's just, I, that was before I knew what I was dealing with. And I just <laughs> was, was, I was beating, like I was telling you earlier, I was beating my head against the wall going, why won't this headache go away? Gah, gah, gah. It's like, oh, my headache's still there. Let me, let me do it again. I mean, and then the change, I, you know, when I said, you know, try something different. And, and my stupid ass back then, instead of beating my head against the wall this way, I'm like, all right, I'll turn sideways and start beating it sideways. It was frustrating. How many people listening to this, watching this can relate? Let me know. Did you go through that where you were kind of doing the same damn thing, not getting any different results, and it took you a long time to realize, oh, I got to do something different. I don't know. I think that's funny. You guys let me know if you think that's funny. Uh, anyways. Let's see. Let's see. Moonlight Star Jim says, by the way, I love your podcast. I love what you have to say here. I do not want children of my own. I am worried, though, I, I may have, may not have had that unless I actively got out and get it. <laughs> you know, I, the crazy part nowadays is, is I, I, I mean, if I was a, well, okay, I was going to say, if I was, if I was a younger lad uh, and I knew what I knew now, I would be very cautious of getting in a relationship and having kids, you know. I would absolutely not do what I did. Date someone at 18 for a few months, join the military. And then, you know, within six months of knowing, you know, uh, married. You know, we were married 20 years. Woo! But, uh, yeah, and the red flags that I saw early on, I ignored. There are no red flags here. They were just having a bad day. Anyways, rescued dogs are rewarding. Trying to, uh, I'm, I must have missed a comment on that. Hakuna had said that. I wonder if I can, oh no, it won't let me read that in there. Um, let's see, let's see. Oh, there's been, there have been more comments than I anticipated. So I'm trying to get caught back up. I apologize for that. Wow, we are already at 47 minutes. That is crazy. This, this shows, maybe the coffee just kicked way in today. All right, let's see. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I got a DH, DJH. Yes. When you think your head resembles a golf ball <laughs> with all the little divots in it, that is hilarious. Thank you so much for that, DJH. I appreciate that. That is funny. Uh, the wise says, I think my head is dented. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Oh, Defy Dad says she's changing locations of the child care center. And again, is not allowed to do that without mutual consent. Yes, it changes the amount higher that I do not have the means to do. <clears throat> well, so here, 
okay, guys, here's, here's the thing you have to keep in mind. All right. There's a letter of the law and there's the perception of how things are viewed and the, and the critical point of this, and I'll use defy dad's scenario. So let's say that happened to me. We, we go through the divorce, you know, 50, 50 custody, you know, you can't make unilateral decisions, yada, yada, legal, physical custody. Right. And the ex unilaterally, and my ex used to make all kinds of unilateral changes, unilaterally decides that instead of, you know, uh, child oasis, it's now going to, I'm switching it to, to, you know, rainbow butterfly childcare. And letter of the law says, you can't do that. And I take her back to court and say, you know, she violated the court order. She didn't tell me, right? Well, more than likely, there's a good possibility that they'll look at that and they'll say, hey, pumpkin, uh, why did you make that change? And more than likely, she'll be able to articulate a valid reason why that was an appropriate thing. Like, oh, um, there was a, an out, you know, whatever. There was this, all these problems with, uh, you know, child oasis and and, uh, you know, there's these bad reports and I was really concerned for the safe and well, safety and welfare of our child. So I switched it to butterfly rainbow. Um, yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but as you can see, your honor, the ratings here are a five-star rating and no complaints with the better business bureau. And they have an outstanding program for, you know, teaching children how to, how to meditate, uh, during really stressful situations like divorce and, and high conflict parenting, like my ex. Well, when that happens, you're going to get bopped in the head and then they'll have to pay for the extra thing. So you got to choose your battles, right? A lot of times it's like, well, is it really worth fighting? Uh, and if you fight everything, you're going to come across as a, as a, uh, oh crud, what's the word whenever people litigate too much or they're doing it just vexatious litigant, if I think that's correct, correct me if I'm wrong. So that is a problem, Defy Dad. I mean, now, if you would have to, in my mind, have to clearly articulate that it's a financial burden and come up with an alternative that would counter her arguments or their arguments to, to do that. So and my guess is that's not <clears throat> what happened. Uh, let me know, Def Defy Dad, if... In fact, that what the, what I just went through is is kind of how it played out. Um, uh, DSD, I don't use the childcare when I have the kids. Why should I have to pay for them? <laughs> because it doesn't matter, dude. I, I, when I was paying for the the summer programs and stuff, I mean, and they they nailed me right. The the second that they realized that uh, the the evaluations didn't go their way and say that I was a scumbag. Uh, what happened with that is a report came out that afternoon. They're like, okay, fine. We're ready to do 50, 50 custody today. Is Mr. Mr. Dwayne ready to do that? And I had to scramble to find people to watch the kids. It was during the summer. The kids were too young really to stay at their home, uh, stay at home by themselves. So I had to get a babysitter. Then I had to get, I mean, it was, it was a mess and it was money I didn't have. And when I got them on the programs on the base, I work at, uh, I still had to pay for the days they didn't. There were times that they didn't go at all. Like even on my week, something would happen and it would like I would pay for a full week and they wouldn't go. 
So it, I, I understand what you're saying, but again, it's one of those things where you just got to pick your battles. I see the thing is, is dude, I understand where you're at defy dad, because when I rolled the clock back, I was so angry about this. I was so angry about the scenario and that, and how much money I was being, being, you know, happened to pay. You just, you got to just be careful, you know, and, and you can't let everything drive you nuts. And this is, and I'll try to, uh, let me pull this back up. This, well, wrong, wrong page. Let me go over here. This is why this stuff right here really helped me out this. And I used to, the ones that really, that I just put on repeat were let it, let it go and unrequited love because I was really struggling with the fact that, you know, that the realization that she really didn't give a rat's ass about me, but you got to find a way to get your emotional state back under control and, and stop fighting stuff that, that, you know, is unjust. It's not fair, but I mean, at some point, are you going to just keep beating your head against the wall for it? And it's, and and the reality is to, to defy dad, but to anyone dealing with this, the reality is this. If you are in a situation where this is happening and you're, you're wrapped up into it and you, and you're so angry and frustrated, the way it changes is you get so worn out and you realize that you just can't spend any more time and attention on it. It took me probably close to two and a half, three years to where I just, you know, I kept thinking before it finally clicked, I was thinking, I can't keep doing this. I'm like, all I'm doing is I'm so angry and thinking about this. My whole life is being obsessed with focusing on this. And one day I, it literally what happened is I woke up one day and it was like, okay, I'm done. I don't care anymore. I can't, I can't worry about it. Is it fair? No. Is there anything I can do about it? No. Cause I was out of money. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't fight anymore. I had no resources. I was broke. I was living. Uh, I had maxed at that time. The credit cards I did have and the, and the credit accounts I had were completely maxed out. I couldn't afford anything. I could barely afford, you know, to put gas in the car to go to work. And I just, I'm like, I can't keep doing this. If I keep doing this, it's going to kill me. And that was the day, or that was the morning that things finally started to change. But to get to that point was really difficult. So every one of you guys, just so you understand, I am not saying that what you're feeling is wrong, that, you know, that you don't have any, you know, that you need to stop feeling that way because it's not, it's not valid and it's, and or not accurate. That is not what I'm saying. It is 1,000% valid. It is 1,000% accurate. The problem is, is it's not serving you. And it, it keeps you attached to that person. It keeps you from move, being able to move on. Now, and I understand when you're going through this, you're like, well, how the, how the bleepity bleep am I supposed to move on whenever my life is being ruined and every day this person is coming up with a new and unique way to make my life a living hell. I get it. I get it. Miami Babe says, DSC, what made you snap out of the fog? I know the moment my husband realized he needed to change gears with the ex. The, the, uh, what, ha- what I just said, what, what, had, what made me snap out of it is I knew that if I didn't, it was going to kill me. 
And, and I'm like, do I really want to let her win the ex win and destroy my life and any opportunity for me to find happiness and peace? That was the moment. And it took me, it took me about three years to really get to that point to where I could do that. So if, again, if you're struggling with that and you're like, man, I'm not ready, that's okay. I mean, I personally would love to be able to go and everyone listening right now, just have that epiphany and get to that point. I understand it doesn't work that way. I understand that each one of us has to go through our own, our own process to ultimately get to the point. But what I will tell you is everyone that I've spoken to who's gotten to the other side of, other side of this, that is what happened. That is exactly what happened. And I would imagine with Miami Babe, that's probably what happened with, with uh, her husband is that he just woke up one day and said, if I don't stop doing this, this will consume the rest of my life. So anyways, we are, man, we are, I'm going to end at an hour because I have to get back with my daughter to see what's going on with her car thing. But I'm going to look at uh, comments. DeFi Dad says, uh, DSD, she quit another job and decided to switch to it to a location that she can get the other kids with another guy into and my kids. Oh yeah, you've talked to me. I think I've talked to you about that. Here's the thing, man. You know, it, you weren't using that service anyways. You're not going to be using it. So it really has no effect on you. Um, I would try if you, if you wanted to, to try to not have to pay the extra cost for it because it's for her convenience, not yours. Uh, but you know, see, here's the problem with it. She's moving. See, this is how this will look. She's moving on with her life. She's met a new person, even if it's the person that, you know, she cheated with you on and they're merging families and stuff. Uh, and, uh, if you are fighting everything and they can make it look like you're just doing it because you're so angry that she's moved on and she's doing this and she's merging these families, you will not have a winning argument. And actually what you'll end up doing is you will be, you'll be empowering her to, to fight you more and take more and probably get more custody and stuff like that. So you got to really be careful of how you fight things. Again, back to that black hole thinking on this video right here is focusing on what's going on with your kids and with them when they're not with you is a, a colossal waste of time and it's a sure-fired way, sure way to pull you back down into the abyss. And just don't do that to yourself. I, I know it's easier to say. It's so much easier to say than to actually do. I get it. The wise says, don't let them live in your mind rent-free. Yeah, that's a reoccurring thing. He says that a lot, and I absolutely agree with that. Kuna says, it's a spiral of destruction that they create. Affects your trust, confidence, uh, shall I go on? The system is heartless. You give us all hope, DSD. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, th that's the thing is that they, they know how to manipulate these situations. And the problem is, is they're able to guise it, guise it, guise, disguise it in a way that if somebody who's not familiar with it, it looks normal and we just look like we're freaking out. I'll give you a quick example of this, like with my dad. You know, my dad was so angry at my mom that when we finally had kids and there was one time that he came over and was actually in the room uh, with my mom and my, our, you know, my young baby son, he stuck, uh, 
he was there for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, then left and would never come over again. And I'm like, man, why can't he get over it? You know, geez, it's been this long. I didn't, I had no concept. But the reality is, is I know now that my mom was poking him in the eye and was giving him the, the smug look and, and was making all those emotions come, you know, basically she was able to push his buttons even after all that time. And it's a, it is that spiral destruction that just kind of infects our entire life. It's really frustrating. Defy Dad, it's been <clears throat> DSD. It's being able to get and provide for my kids. That's the real issue in the situation. I don't have any more to give there. Dude, I'll, I hear you, man. You know, I used to be so angry uh, about the fact that uh, my ability to help my kids go to college went just gone. My ability to get them a car, gone, you know? I mean, because of, because of the actions of a single person, the, the vision in my head of how the future was supposed to be was gone. Again, that's why, I don't know where I talk about it, but if you've heard me in the past talk about rebaselining your life, you have to. You have to basically say, okay, this is the situation. You can't compare it to what it was before. You can't compare it to what, you know, the person is doing. And you got to make your peace with it because there's not a damn thing you're going to be able to do about it. Now, what I will tell you is the amazing part is when you make your peace with that, most of the time, it's like a sick trick with the universe or God or however you want to describe it to where when you make your peace with it and it really doesn't bother you anymore, things just work out. It's the weirdest thing. I mean, I was so wrapped up in the fact that my life was completely out of control, not going to be able to get recovered. And, uh, um, nothing would get better. And when I finally let go of that, I was still paying the same amount of money. I was still dealing with the same crap and my life got better, you know, and it, the crap that, and then, you know, she would ramp, the ex would ramp stuff up and I just, it just like, yeah, whatever. I don't, you, you, you know, it's like, you have no power over me anymore. I made a video about that talking about the labyrinth movie. I think I even made some clips on it and it was, it's so true. Okay. I am going to have to wrap this up and I just want to say thank you guys so much for hanging out on me, with me on this Saturday. Hopefully you enjoyed this discussion. Surprised we didn't get any callers, but that's okay. I do want to say thank you to the channel members who help keep this show going. Keep the lights on. Help me make sure that all the services I have to do are, are continued. So if you like what's going on, consider becoming a channel member and your name will be listed in the credits with everybody else on that, guys. Have a great rest of your weekend and maybe I will see you on Monday. <laughs>